Welcome to the PopGo Project Podcast, a platform for the discussion and discovery of arts and entertainment. We focus on highlighting people and events that add value to the world around us. Visit us on all social media platforms by searching The PopGo Project or visit our website at thepopgoproject.com. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Contact Keller's today and get your yard cleaned up before that dirty old man winter comes. I hate to say it, but he's on his way. The mornings are cold. They're frigid. I don't like it. I'm turning the uh, the steering wheel warmer on. I'm, I'm putting the seat warmers on. It's, it's just miserable. But contact Keller's today. And if you're looking for snow removal services during the winter months, they can take care of that for you too. Do not break your back this winter and leave the heavy lifting to the professionals at Keller's, family-owned and operated. Their team is looking forward to serving you. Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services, located on Kern Street in Exeter, near Blue Ribbon Dairy. Find them on social media to learn more. Good. How are you doing, John? Good, man. We got a musician, a business owner, a motivational speaker of sorts. Yeah, I got, got myself involved boxes. in a, a couple. Yeah, exactly. Check yeah. The boxes. When do you sleep? It's tough, man. It really is tough. No, I kind of just, uh, I, I'm, I'm very good with multitasking. So I'm constantly on the phone and then with a, a business, like in between calls, I'm, you know, writing uh some motivational quotes stuff to share with people you know i gotta gotta make sure everybody's doing well yeah well adam is from northeastern pennsylvania um like i said he's a musician we'll talk about some of the music he's involved with um a business owner uh northeast auto glass mm-hmm. uh, and then he runs a page called uh strength over weakness uh, which I think is available on Instagram, uh, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. But um, before we get into it, do you remember when we first met? Briefly, was it? Were you doing some sort of advertising or something? Is that what it was? I was in sales for the weekender. Okay. Yep. Okay. And you had a clothing store on, like, it was it Midtown Village in Wilkesbury? That yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Next to Katana. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. when I first met you. Oh, okay. I, I, dude, I don't even remember. It's been so long. That's like 12 years ago. What was that place called? Like addiction or something? Uh, addiction clothing. Yeah. 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 Well, One I mean, of my just, adventures. Yeah. I mean, you're always doing something. I think, well, yeah, because outside of the Northeast Autoglass, you also started a, a junk removal company too, right? Well, yeah, I was I was uh, starting to do that, and um, it was uh, becoming very competitive. I noticed there's a lot of guys that are in the area, and they're you know, doing a lot of cleanups for, for next to nothing. So it's not really going to probably be a lucrative thing that I'm going to invest in because wow. there's uh individual guys. I don't want to take work away from people, you know, sure, yeah. that's, that's even just like my, my glass business. We all worked for a large corporation. Uh, we all kind of split off and did our own little thing. And, um, we feed each other work, you know, when I can't do a job I, and I'm too busy, I send work to, to some, uh, some friends of mine that have, you know, the same type of business. So the, yeah, the junk removal, uh, business that it's been, 
that was I think it was like a month, month and a half that I started it ago. And uh, I was getting some phone calls and there was a friend of mine, Dave, and I, I've just been giving him the work because he kind of does that, that type of, uh, that type of work all the time, you know? So it's a very competitive business and I don't want to take work away from these guys. So they got to need to keep feeding their families. Yeah. But I feel like there's probably enough to go around because I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's everywhere, but I mean, it's hard to find people to do anything these days. Well, it is. And, you know, I had a very good response from um, the social media on Facebook when I posted it that I was looking for employees. And I got, geez, I mean, there had been at least 20, 25 people that, that reached out. And uh, there are a lot of people that I knew, you know, I'd be more than happy to help them out. But, you know, being in a business like that, that's very competitive, um, and then giving people price quotes, it just wouldn't make any sense for me to send them out there and, um, you know, for the, the amount of money that people want to spend, you know, there's these one man operations that are going out and doing cleanups for a hundred, $150. If I send one or two guys to remove mattresses and couches and then dispose of them, I wouldn't make any money. I'd right. rather than pocket that, you know, so right. it's only the right thing to do. Okay. Well, so. we'll scrap the scrap business. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Where do you want to start? You want to start with the 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 glass? Do you want to talk about the music? Yeah. What do you want to do? Let's, let's, mean, let's talk about everything, man. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, the glass business. I mean, because we've been doing that for a long time, and you know that's something uh, I'm pretty comfortable with with starting out with. Yeah, I mean, I remember you being on River Street, right, and uh, planes there. Are you back there? Now? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're back there again. Um, we we were there back in 2009 to 2011. And then we ended up moving out of there because of personal reasons. And um, we just kind of kept the float. But we ended up starting on Scott Street in Wilkes-Barre, okay. uh, right behind Liberty Pizza there. And we were there for a few years. And then um, we kind of outgrew that location. And then we ended up building that place over there. Well, the landlord I was running off of built the building for us. And then, um, like I said, we were there for a few years. And then we um, were just kind of working out of uh, my house for a short period of time. But then we went back to Scott Street. And now with all this new technology, we start doing calibrations with all the cameras and the safety equipment that needs to be uh, reprogrammed. So we needed another location. And my landlord, again, we've had a good reputation. He says, that place is for rent over on River Street. And I'm like, get out of here. He's like, yeah, because that was like my baby, man. I designed the whole thing. I custom built the countertop. Um, you know, and it was great to be back to, to where we were. So that's, that's where we're at now. That's great. Why, why glass? What, what, uh, what got you into the business? Well, geez, uh, 23 years ago, I, I've been doing this for 23 years now. And, um, you know, a girl I was dating her best friend's boyfriend was a manager. We were having a couple beers around the fire one night and we were talking about, uh, the different industries that we were in. And he's like, you mean to tell me? Because I was driving all the way down to Allentown. I didn't even know if I was going to have work half the time. He says, you drive like an hour, hour and a half, and you don't even know if you're going to have work. And I'm like, yeah, yes, because I'm, I'm motivated, man. I got I to gotta make money. And he's like, well, he's like, how would you like to go work for a company that's uh, the second largest glass company in the country? And I'm like, I'm down for it. you know. So I'm willing to give anything a try. So uh, I started working for Diamond, Diamond Auto Glass. It was back in 2000, I think it was, it started. So it, it's kind of been a history since then. I picked up on the trade really quick and there was a lot of business um, that was out there. And so I worked for them for a good 
four and a half years. And then um, they gave me a lot of opportunities to to move down to Florida to manage some locations. And I just didn't think it was the right fit for me. You know, I, at that point I would, you know, felt that I needed to stay around here. Uh, I had family and I didn't want to move away. So, and I'm glad I didn't because now I have two great kids, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> did, did they not appreciate the fact that you kind of turned down the opportunity or was that okay? Um, I, it was it was fine. I mean, the, the thing was, I, I think they knew at that time because they were going through a lot of um, changes in the company. And I don't, I mean, it was such a large company that there's so many different people that were involved. It really didn't even affect them. I mean, at that point, before I was going to consider being a manager and moving down to Florida, I was doing a lot of side work because obviously, you know, we went to the same school together and there's a lot of people that um, have a career working on vehicles and there's mechanics and body shops and I'm friends with a lot of them. So they're like, Hey, Adam's doing glass, give him a call. Next thing you know, I'm doing one or two jobs a night and it just kind of became a full-time gig after a while. So then that's kind of what really made me decide that, Hey, I have to really make a decision here. I can't keep working for this company doing eight, 10 jobs a day than working late at night. Cause I was actually making more money doing two jobs a day than I was, you know, doing 50 jobs a week. Yeah, about so, yeah. So that's kind of where the the decision was. It was it was a pretty pretty smart move. Yeah, well, I mean, I imagine there's nothing really like working for yourself. I mean, it obviously has its challenges, but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, talk about the 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 differences between you know you're kind of working for this huge company. Um, it's kind of a, a safe place, right? There's you know yeah. you have a job every day to deciding. Hey, let's let's jump into my own thing granted yeah you have business right now but i mean that could be gone tomorrow i mean it, it's 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 all, your neck is out in the line what was it like I, to make that this choice i was pretty much already set um i i well i mean i really would have never left the company to be honest with you because the guys that i worked with we had such a strong relationship and and we had each other's backs that i really enjoyed where i worked and you know and that was the most important thing because i mean if you don't like where you work, man, there's no point of being there, you know? Um, and so I finally was getting up and going to work every day. And I was like, I just love what I do. So when I was working for that company, the funny thing is, is that the guy that hired me into the glass industry, he, um, he became our district manager. And so he was like, well, Hey, you know, you're doing all this work. You can't be doing this anymore. He's like, you know, I, you're putting me in a bad position. He's like, you know, you, you've got to make a decision here. You either have to stop doing this side work and just focus on working for the company or you're going to have to go. And I said, I understand. So I, uh, my, my brother-in-law at the time, he's, he's like, well, you know, I think it's a good decision because he was an accountant and he looked at my numbers and he's like, why are you even working for this company? I said, because I said, I'm, I'm dedicated to them and dedicated to the guys. I mean, these guys had me running around down to Lancaster, New York. They had me all over the place. And I would leave Lancaster, drive up past my house and go back to the Kingston branch to see if the guys still needed help because I was done early. And so, you know, he, it, it just, everything kind of fell into place. And it was good because about a year or two after I started my business, they started getting investigated by the FBI and, uh, yeah, the company will it no longer exists. So oh, there was boy. a lot of uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that you know were going on behind the scenes that we weren't aware about. So you know, God had my back that time. So yeah, I mean, 
big man watching out. <clears throat> it was it was tough, you know. But um, at, at first, like the first week that I left, I was sitting at home, and you know, the days of fax machines. I was going online, and I'm looking to see like who has faxes, and I'm faxing these flyers over, just like we did when we were playing bands and stuff. You know what I mean? And trying to get some advertisement, and I got one response, and I'm like, this isn't going to work. So I had to get my hands dirty. I had to get in my van. I had to drive around every single garage, body shop, car lot, and just pitch myself and tell them who I was, what, I, what I've been doing, and how long I've been doing this for, and what kind of price range, and I could save them some money. So I built a reputation by going out and just walking right into people's garages, whether they were in a suit or if they were you know, in Dickies, man. And I was shaking their hands, and they had a lot of respect for me. So I, that's kind of how I built, built the business, man. Just going out there and being hungry. Yeah, a lot of hustle. I mean, when you're making those connections or attempting to make the connections, I mean, a lot of those garages are already working with um, other distributors or I yeah, mean, yeah, sure, yeah. They were there. I mean, they were all um, pretty much like you know, there was two large glass companies in the area, which you know, uh, Safeway was one of them. They're still around, and um, they were the always the number one leading glass company. But uh, when you, you go in and you're the technician and you're the face behind the business, what ends up happening is they they trust you more than they trust the company because you're the one that's actually getting being there. You know, you're the one there that's installing the products and and providing the service. So why would they you know trust the company? They don't know who owns it. All they know is that you're the one that's coming there and the other, you're the one that they trust. So by going in and pitching yourself and saying this is who I am. I'm basically working for these companies. I can get you the same product, product, give you better service and, you know, cut your, your price down by at least, you know, 30, 40%. So, you know, they, they dug that. So they're, they're all over it. You know? Now I imagine like you know, you're, you're saying, you're saying that you're saving them, you know, 30, 40%. <clears throat> so you're not really going in and undercutting this business, so to speak, because you have like a lesser quality, but like, no, they're, they're probably just trying to line the pockets of the the CEOs and shit like that. So you're able sure, to kind of- yeah, absolutely, man. There was people there making nine hundred some thousand dollars a year, just like just wasted money. They they could have invested it into the technicians who are the pro the like the sole backbone of that business. You know, like if you, I mean, that's with any company. There's the people that are working for you. They're the assets, man. They're the people you got to take care of. I mean, if you don't have them, then you don't have the business. And so they were they were undercutting everybody. So I it was like there was one guy who left before me, and then um, I ended up going on my own. And then I remember before I left, I was at a um, doing hurricane cleanup down in Orlando, and like Davies, Florida. And I was working with this guy, and he was from upstate New York, and he's like heard me taking phone calls, you know, because I was doing stuff, you know, obviously at night, and he's like. Uh, it's like so so what are you doing you're running up like a business and stuff i said yeah and, and he's like that's kind of ballsy man i said well, listen man i said i gotta feed my family so he says uh well he, so i got some information on him and he was the only manager working for the same company i was working for in a two mile like a, a two hour radius around his shop i said so you mean to tell me there's nobody else in your area he says no i said then why are you still working for this company I said, you need to go and you need to go pitch all these insurance agents, body shops, car lots, you name it, go pitch them. I said, because you're the only one they deal with. I said, if you can provide them with the same product and the same quality of workmanship, put your name on it, man. 
You know what I mean? Brand that and, and put your name on it. And he did. And he, I mean, his first year, he did like a couple million dollars in sales. I, I couldn't believe it. But again, he's, he took all the technicians and, you know, he's, he's got this great business going. So it was great to see him flourish. Yeah. And how rewarding is it to be, you know, an owner of a, a company like Northeast Auto Glass, um, having a couple of employees and, and things like that? I, I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't know. I'm pretty humble, man. I, I don't really look at it like, oh, I have this business and I'm well known. I just look at it like I get up every day and I just want to make people happy. You know, that's that's the most important thing. And and as you can see, like posts and stuff that I make, I just I, if, if there's something that I can do to brighten someone's day, whether it means putting a piece of glass in, because a lot of people, I mean, some people might not understand that you never had a broken window. So you don't understand what it's like to have a broken window. What Some of these people are devastated. You know, you get people who call you on the phone, they're crying, like women cry, they, they get upset, men are pissed off. And it's like, listen, man, I'm here to help. You know, yeah. I said, it's an easy task for me to, to solve your issues and solve your problems. And again, it's, it's like, we have so many different options and you know, that's why we're here. Cause I'll spend the extra five or 10 minutes on the phone and explain to them the reason of why they should use their insurance or why they shouldn't use their insurance. Because even now, like what's happening is these insurance companies are raising everybody's rates and a lot of people don't even realize it. And yeah. they're raising them because now these cars are equipped with all these sensors and yeah. they have to be reprogrammed and recalibrated. So the thing is, is that now you have a thousand dollar deductible that was unheard of years ago. So I said, listen, this is what you need to do. You need to call your insurance company, change your policy and lower your deductible because you're paying a thousand dollars a month. They can lower it down to a hundred and pay an extra 10 or $12 extra a month and be covered, you know? So they, they're not, a, you know, they're not aware of that because they still think that days exist of $150 windshields and we're seeing seven hundred to $900 out of pocket now. It's insane. Wow. You know? Well, that's what so, I meant by rewarding. Like it's rewarding for you to own, like this is your business. You're able to have these conversations with these mm -hmm. customers. That's what I meant by, you know, rewarding. I wasn't, yeah, not, not that you were like, Oh, I have this business. Like I'm a big shot. Like it's just, it's more no, of like, I understand you're able to really like, you know, I don't say change people's lives, but to a degree, you know. Yeah, and I don't. Days. Yeah, maybe yeah, days. absolutely. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess you know, I don't really ever think about it, you know, and I just kind of get up and do what I have to do, and you know. Well, do you have employees as well? Yeah. Yep. I have my my brother actually. So I might have my um, two younger brothers. They still uh, they work with me. My brother uh, Ben, he's been with me since day like well about four months after I started. Cause we got so busy i brought him on and um then i've been through so many different employees but then i have another uh buddy of mine i grew up with his parents were actually good friends of my parents and um so it's great to have him too because you need people you can trust you know right. that's important well what's cool about that too and and the reason i bring this up is because you know as you know i work for axel red screen printing um mm -hmm. you know dave maloney yeah great guy um, man yeah, Dave Maloney, Matt Treble, the two two owners uh, of uh, Axelrad, and like two of the most humble guys you'll ever meet. Too like that they just like you wouldn't even know if you walked in the building that they were they were owners or not. Mm -hmm. I think I've actually been asked if I was the owner more times than they have in the past. You know, less than three years now. <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, well, you're right there as soon as you walk in. You know what I mean? I moved. My office has moved. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't been over there in a while. 
but yeah <laughs> but like what i'm what i was thinking is like um there has to be a sense of of pride and uh you know you're it, it's yours is family right it sounds like mm-hmm. um but like just just being a, a a small business owner and being able to supply jobs for people that you care about especially because i know that dave and matt at axelrad like i know for a fact that they never talked about it but like i'm sure I, I, if i had to bet my entire life savings i would put money on the fact that they you know you know are proud of the fact that they have you know these people around that they that they supply jobs it's not it's not it's not like a, a boastful thing it's like I built this thing because I want to take care of people around me. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, and I'm sure at, at, you know, sometimes in especially the early years that they've went to bed saying, Oh shit. Like I have people that depend on me to, you know, Absolutely. run this business uh, effectively and efficiently and um, all that kind of stuff. So it's like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pride. There's a lot of, uh, you know, stress and, all that kind of stuff. I don't think people understand about being an entrepreneur or business owner. And, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, my boss is an asshole and, you know, he makes all the money and I'm just working the the grunt work. Dude, I hear that all the time, man. It's like, be glad you have a goddamn job because the thing is, is that you don't bite the hand that feeds you. And it's like, and what people don't understand either is that because there's somebody that's running that business, you can run a business if you choose to, but that doesn't mean that you get the punch out at five o'clock. You don't work from eight to five. You're right. working from, you know, you're not putting 40 hours and you're putting 80 hours in. And some people just don't like that. And like, you know, my brother, especially, he's a, a hard worker, man. I'm blessed to have him, but he likes to have his eight to five job, you know, and that's, that's what that's he fine. loves to do. And that's perfect, you know, but um, some people don't get it and they, they, they probably never will, but don't ever like, you know, they, they shouldn't degrade the people that are, they're providing them with the opportunity to, to, to feed their families and, and have a career because they could take that small amount, put some money to the side and start their own thing if they wanted to. Also, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that people choices, are, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying people at Axelrod have done that. I'm just saying, in Oh general, no, I know. Yeah. Um, no, I get just, you. <clears throat> I mean, to put things into perspective and I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but I just recently went to, um, I took my son to the Lackawanna coal mine tour. Oh, nice! Yeah, this I've always past, wanted to do that. This past weekend, um, and I'll tell you what: Have you ever been? No, no, I've never been there. I've I've heard great things about it, though. Every every adult person should have to go. They should be forced to go. Every single person, because like a lot of times you go on field trips. Like the last time I was there was it was probably thirty years ago, forty one mm-hmm. years old now. It was probably thirty thirty or more years ago. But you're a kid, like. You're fascinated with the fact that you're taking uh, a little train car down and like in a tunnel underground, and then you see a uh, you know a statue or a thing of a donkey and a guy. You you don't comprehend everything that is being told to you. Mm-hmm. So I, I went. I did the tour when I was you know like I said, eleven, ten, nine, whatever it was. Didn't appreciate it. As a forty-one-year-old man, when I went down there last this this past weekend, dude, it's insane. Like the stuff that you hear, and as an adult that you comprehend, like none of us should ever complain about anything in our entire lives. No, I went to a tour in Virginia, and I'll tell you what; those people, they really, really worked for a penny. 
you yeah. know, and the amount of, I mean, what they don't, people don't understand too, is it's freezing cold down there. These guys didn't so have cool. insulated outfits, you know what I mean? Gloves. Some of these people never even walked out. No. And, and they were all controlled by the company they worked for. Right. That's what the, that's, that's the craziest thing that I like, I kind of took away from that outside of the fact that, you know, they, they turned the lights out and showed us like how much light you worked with as a coal miner. Mm-hmm. And it's like insane. It's like, how do they, how do you see? Yeah. And then they showed us the, the amount of coal that they had to remove per day. And they were saying it was an, almost like an, an impossible amount. And even if you did do your quota for the day, the guy in charge could say you didn't dock your pay. And once yeah. you get in a hole there, it, it's it's like impossible to come out of. So you're like owned by the company. Um, and then the guy they is own your the, house. Yeah. They, well, that's what the, the thing. they They work there because they have a, a, a roof over their, their heads for their family. And they go down there for 10, 12 hours a day, beat, beat themselves up. You risk their lives every day. All so their family could have a roof over their head, and and they all own the market next door and all that kind of shit. It is mind blowing to me, and that's mm-hmm. I, I feel I feel shame. You know, it's it taking me to you know forty one years old to really appreciate that. And I mean, the mine in Scranton was active until nineteen sixty five. That's not that long ago. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> we don't realize, man, that the world we live in really is not that old. You know, even with technology, like I'll have a conversation about cell phones. Like, look at how far yeah. that's come. I mean, we're talking on an electronic device now. You know, yeah, we're talking like we're in the same room, but we're not. Yeah, it just it it. I don't know. It was just it just gave me such a different perspective, and I was talking to my son, and you know, because what they were saying too is if you know. The, the father was forced to retire at, you know, early to mid 20s because they had children early, but they were, you know, young, young men still because they had got arthritis really early from being cramped in the, in the, the mines and all that shit like that. If they could no longer work, it's either, okay, you're getting kicked out of your house or your five-year-old son mm-hmm. goes in, into the mine Works for, for you. your family. And I said to my son, I'm like, cause he's, he's five, he'll be six in December, but I'm like, buddy, this like that kid, that little figure that you're seeing, like that's a kid that was your age. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was the coolest thing because, again, it's so hard for a young child to understand. That's why I think an adult should be forced to kind of go through that. But um, he goes, I'm really glad that I didn't have to do this. And I'm like, <laughs> me, me too, dude. Like, really, you're glad you didn't have to go through it. <laughs> but I'm just glad that he understood, like, oh, man, like, I'm yeah. really happy that this wasn't my life. Um, So, yeah, it just, <clears throat> yeah, I'm sorry to kind of get off topic there, but I just. No, man, that's good. It's a, you know, we don't, I, I think as a society, um, we can get into anything really, but it's it's tough. It's, you know, we're, we take, we take things for granted sometimes. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And you don't realize how lucky we have it. Um, and, you know, that's why I, I always, you know, that strength overcomes weakness. That's why I started that too, because I, I just see so many people, man, that are just like so upset that the, there's so much hate in this world. And it's like, for what? It's your life. It's your choice. You get behind that steering wheel, man. You can drive wherever you want to. It's, it's your decision to make what you want of it, you know? You don't have to be angry. You don't have to be upset. You don't have to be confused. 
there's people out there to talk to, you yeah. know, I guess this is a good segue into, into that. I mean, I don't want to cut the, uh, well, no, I, I want to get back to the, the auto glass because I feel like there's a lot that has changed, you know, with technology and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned before with the, the technology and the sensors and the recalibration. So we will get to your strength over weakness and, and only get back to that, obviously. But sure. I mean, the business you started however many years ago has changed drastically, right? To, mm-hmm. to today. Talk about those changes and and how you've had to basically probably like re-educate yourself to serve your customers. And yeah. I mean, again, you're a smart guy, right? But things, you know, we get into routines and we get into, you know, our, our daily activities and, and, you know, this technology is thrown in your face. You, you didn't ask for this to happen, right? These these cars right. come equipped with all these things. Like, you're forced to have to adapt. So talk a little yeah. bit about how things have changed over the years and how you've been able to kind of navigate those uh, those scenarios. Well, I mean, what's really drastically changed is all the windshields that we installed, all the components that are attached to them. So it's not just the rear view mirror anymore. You know, they have uh, rain sensors, condensation sensors. I mean, the condensation sensor just measures the temperature and humidity outside and it'll turn your car on with the remote. And whether it's cold out, it'll turn your heat on if it's, you know, vice versa, hot outside turns the air on. Um, And then, you know, there's... Um, these cameras that will actually have forward collision alert. You mm-hmm. get too close to another vehicle, it breaks itself. Uh, forward braking, then there's lane assist where it bounces you between the lines because it can read the lines on the road. Um, and then there's lane departure. Uh, same thing, kind of reads the lines on the side of the road. But and it was difficult for us to grasp that concept because we're like, why are they putting these things in the windshields? And it's not even a question of we need answers. Why are they doing this? It's they are doing it. You need to figure it out. So it was uh, a few years and we just got really stubborn. We're like, we're not doing it. We're not doing calibrations. But then a lot of uh, insurance jobs were like, well, if you're not going to do them, then we're not going to refer work to you. And if you're not going to get the referrals, then you're going to lose money. So we started hiring other companies to do the calibrations. Well, that was difficult too, because now we're running a car to go drop it off at a you know, a facility that performs that kind of work. And I'm like, okay, well, now we're losing money. We're taking 20 minutes to a half hour out of the time driving around. Why don't we just invest in the equipment? But you're talking, you know, $20,000, $30,000 worth of equipment that you have to invest in. Right. Um, it's not that you're not going to make your money back, but it's like, okay, now you have to buy programs. You have to buy targets. You have to, it's a whole other investment. So, um, you know, and that was the probably the most, difficult thing to adjust to but cars are designed a lot cleaner also like now they don't have all these chrome moldings on the outsides of them where you you know there's no debris underneath that um molding to where you take the molding off and you have all this stuff caked on there and then there's mud underneath it so you need to make sure you have a nice clean surface and it's more work working on those older cars and they just weren't designed as efficient, you know, as efficient as they see as they are now. Um, so they, they're, they're a lot more sleek, a lot more, um, it's just a better product now that they have out there. 
you know, right. and I even we get some cars in like you know a 1984 you know Camaro or something, and you know we'll see these old cars once in a while. I'm thinking, wow, somebody really has those still, you know. And, and somebody called me today on a on a Dodge Dynasty. I mean, if you had one of those back in the 90s, man, you're the shit. You yeah. know, it's like everybody had a Dodge Dynasty, and so. Um, but yeah, we don't we don't even work on those anymore. So the cars that I've worked on at, were every single day, like. Um, I might see them once every couple months, if maybe every couple of years. Um, but then it's like they really, really give you a workout because you know how to change them. But it's really difficult because it's a lot more of material and stuff to disassemble as these as these newer cars, you know. So that's kind of uh, I think would be the most difficult thing is uh, the, the calibrations. You know, and then not, not, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, and then it's it's dealing with the insurance companies too now, because before they, it, I mean, we had one window. You know what I mean? And they would send over the work order, and it would be one part, and that's what they would pay it for. Well, now that they're paying for calibrations, they're knocking more of a percentage off of the amount that they're going to pay you for the glass. So essentially, now you're working for less money, and if you don't do the calibrations, then you're not going to make any money off the job. And all this is all, all really controlled by, um, you know, the, these large, this one large glass company who owns the entire network, you know, so we're ba we battle with that as being business owners, because we, we can't dictate, Hey, this is how much I want for this job. Right. They say, these are the rates. This is what we're paying you. You like it or you don't. And there's times where you have to write in a supplement and email them back and forth and say, listen, like this took me more time. I had to take this. I, I shouldn't have to explain my, my work. And what I want to get paid for, you know, but um, it's just unreasonable. But um, that's that's a, a difficult thing that we have to deal with as a, a glass company and, and trying to get paid through these insurance companies. It's easy for the the policyholder because they have a deductible. So if they have a zero deductible, you know, it's simple. They make a phone call, file a claim, and it's done. You know, right? Yeah, I was thinking it's probably you know one of those things where people like, people don't think about everything involved you know they just think this is a windshield fix it they don't think mm -hmm. about the the sensors and the calibrations and all that kind of shit they um, don't even know what they have it in their car <laughs> yeah, no, it, it just it just works it just works something happens this is what i bought this is what i paid for and it just works now do you, do you get yourself like you know when it's not through insurances and and having to explain to customers because the reason I'm asking this question is because I, I've I've kind of found myself, um, you know, getting frustrated with customers in my line of work, and I really have to, to kind of step back and, and realize that, like, hey, these people don't know the business, mm -hmm. and it's my job to really explain it to them. And if I'm not doing that appropriately, they're not going to know, and it's going to cause me frustration. And so I need to effectively communicate how the processes work. I assume the same kind of goes for your line of business when you're talking to a customer who's not necessarily using insurance. They're, it's it's their out of pocket costs. You're like, hey, this is going to cost this much, this much, this much for this, 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 this. Is that ever been a challenge for you? Yeah, it is on a daily basis, and that's why, like I said before, I I spend the extra time to sit and talk to these people because they don't they don't have any idea. Um, you know, they're they're upset because their window's broken, so 
now that they find out that they have to spend seven to nine hundred dollars on a new window, and some windows are more than that. I mean, you could be fifteen hundred dollars into these Volvos. They, um, it, it's it's disheartening because they don't want to spend that kind of money, or they don't have that kind of money. Right. So I think it's misleading too, because when you first buy a car and you're at the dealership, they say, "Oh, it has all this fancy shit," but they don't tell you what it's going to end up costing you to fix it at a later date. So I sit on the phone and I'll tell people like, you know, I'll, I'll get their VIN number. We always make sure we decode VINs because like Jeep Grand Cherokees have like 52 different windshields. It's absolutely ridiculous. That's insane. It, it's nuts, man. So it, it, we don't know what's in their car. So we take the VIN and sometimes we're even wrong because we only have access to the programs that have the information in there. So, I mean, now there's somebody that's actually taken every VIN number and typing it into a program to tell you what features your car has. So when we get that information, I use a couple of different websites. And if I'm confused, I'll call the dealership just as a, a third reference. And then I'll say to them, you know, this is what your car is equipped with. Um, would you like to use your insurance? That's kind of one of the first questions anymore. So the way I even answer the phone and try to talk to the customers have changed as well because they don't, the last thing they want to hear is insurance because they think, oh, my rates are going to go up. Right. No, your rates aren't going to go up. I mean, your rates are going to go up annually anyway, whether you file a claim, it's just what your insurance does. So use it, you know? Yeah. Um, Do I pay for it? It's exactly. And, it, you know, the, the rates don't go up because you file the glass claim. Your rates go up just because your rates go up. Um, and it's just your job to call around and find new insurance or find better rates. But yeah, it's it's challenging, man, because people, they don't know the industry. They don't know. Um, and, and that's what they're calling us for. And you have 30 seconds to really make them feel comfortable and and trust that you're going to give them the best possible work, you know, at the yeah. top of the market. It's tough, man. So. I, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to try to relate screen printing to um you know, glass installation, but it just, yeah, but it's, it goes hand in hand. It's a, Everything it's a service. It's yeah. It just, it's, yeah. Yeah. And, and I really, I really just recently, I really kind of, kind of sat down and was like reevaluating how I present, you know, the whole process, because I, I think, you know, not to get off topic, but like, you know, in the screen printing world, there are so many variables. Like I think the biggest, pro not, not problem, the biggest struggle, is how many variables are in screen printing. And no one understands that other than the people who are in the industry. They have no clue mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, the art and the separations and setups and, you know, sc screen printing in general. Like, it, it just, they don't care. And I, I don't mm -hmm. expect them to. It's not their job to. It's, it's, it's my job. And it's our job. But uh, it's like, it's a struggle. And it's, it's, you kind of lose sight sometimes and realizing that, you know, hey, you got to really kind of educate people and, and you know, show them that you're trying your best for them and, and, and you're there for them, like you said before. Mm -hmm. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I think, I think dealing with everything's customer service and sales kind of combined, right? Sure. Yeah. Challenge, challenge for sure. To give you an example of like one, uh, one time you just couldn't make a customer happy. Just that that just struggle. Um, no names, but just yeah. No, I'm trying to think of a situation. Um, there, I mean, there, it's not really too often that we we have a 
a customer that's not satisfied with anything, but there are a few. Um, if I were to pick a, a certain situation, I guess it would, and it's kind of um, my fault too, because I, we try to do inspections on cars because obviously people have scratches and dents and stuff on their vehicles. And, you know, we had a girl that came in, uh, I'm sorry, she didn't come in. She was gone on vacation, but her boyfriend had her car that week and he didn't want to bring it in to have the window replaced. So he had his grandfather bring it in. Okay. So the girl doesn't even know that the window's broken. So what happens is we're working on the vehicle. I noticed there's a huge chunk taken out of her, like, uh, like up by the windshield, like kind of where the hood is. And I took pictures of it. And that night I was going to see Kiss at Hershey, took a bunch of pictures, right? And then I realized after the next day that I ended up deleting all these photos. Oh, no. And the photos were some of the car. And so a couple days later, I get a phone call from this girl snapping out on me that we damaged her car. And I'm like, uh, we didn't damage your car. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Make a long story short, you know, she was pissed off. She's screaming at me. And of course, then I got mad and I ended up fixing the car for her. But, it, you know, it's it, it didn't lead, need to lead into what it did because she took it to the dealership and was trying to run my, my company through the dirt. Here, I do their work. So they're like, I know he's not like that. He'll make it right, you know. Then she calls her attorney friend. Well, I knew the attorney friend, so <laughs> you know, that's we funny. get that too. It's it, it, you know, it, it's just there, there's always such a comical situation with with people. But um, I don't want to see anybody. Um, you know, last thing I want is somebody to be upset with us. And if sure. we need to spend money to make it right, we do it. You know, so. Right that's probably yeah it's probably the the worst situation in the last few years i think that we had to deal with but it wasn't it wasn't too bad i don't that's want too many good. things bother me yeah that's pretty good mm-hmm. yeah it's tough being in the, the customer service business it, it is it is man especially like you know we, we have our vans and you, you know it's just like we provide a service that you goes to your house and we got our numbers plastered all over our vans well, what's the first thing that somebody does who has a broken window and sees my van driving down 81? Well, let's call that number and say that right. they kicked a rock up and broke my window. And that's oh, what we get. You really? know? Yeah. Or oh, this wow. guy tried running me off the road. And I'm like, yeah, they don't realize that I own the company. Yeah. I'm the one driving the van. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I, I, that yeah. happened. I'm, I'm, you're, you're talking to the guy. It's that's me. Sort of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's, that's us, man. Oh, dude, dude, there was this one story and I, I'll make it real quick, but it's, it's funny because it was just my brother and I it was maybe like a couple of years after we started, we were working down in, uh, in Wilkesbury right off of Cole street and the houses were right next to each other and they shared a driveway and we were working on this, this one car. It was like in the dead of winter, which we don't do anymore. And, um, we were spraying the glass down and, and trying to clean it. And it was spraying all over this guy's car. And we didn't realize it was. It was just kind of misting, you know. And it's just glass cleaner. But he's uh, he comes out. He's like, "What are you doing, my property?" He starts snapping out on us. Well, the kid that we're working on his car is like, "Get in the house, old man. Stop your bullshit." Just the guy just didn't have anything else better to do, so he's all pissed off. So he comes out and he starts freaking, freaking out on us again. And uh, he goes, "That's it. I'm calling the. Sh- you call in your office. I'm talking to your boss, and I'm telling him how, you know, what kind of work you guys are doing." And I'm like, "You do that." 
he goes inside, he's looking out the window and he's calling, he's on the phone. Right. And all of a sudden <laughs> I'm right there and I got like a Bluetooth in yeah. and I'm talking to him and I'm like, Oh, go out there and put that, put them on the phone. Let me talk to those guys. Right. He comes outside and he's like, your boss wants to talk to you. And I'm like, I'm all, he's already talking to you. That's and amazing. It, yeah, dude, it was funny, man. That's so we, awesome. We were laughing. Yeah. So, I mean, we had that benefit too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's such, a, such a great um, situation to be in. Um, you know, you're the guy, you're the guy doing yeah. the job. So, you know, that you're they're calling the number, you're answering. It's, that's, uh, that's cool to have a, a small unit like you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have fun. Yeah, what what's what does the future of uh, Northeast Auto Glass look like? I mean, it, it's probably hard to tell, right? Like, yeah, obviously it's, you're it's... you're in business, you want to stay in business, but you don't know what technology advances will come your way. It's kind of you know whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I mean, I don't foresee. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be in the business until I die. But if that way, I mean, I'm not going to go anywhere. Um, but. I, I think a lot of stuff is changing because we're seeing new vehicles with these um, that are self-driving cars, like the the Teslas. And I think in the next ten years, there's going to be more of that on the road. And there's you're not going to have to really have be able to drive a car. The car will drive itself. Um, there's a lot of like we have Teslas. And I'm talking about the calibrations. Well, they self-calibrate themselves. You just go in there, you hit a button, and it does it all for you. So like all this equipment we invested in. Where is that going to be in the next five, 10 years? Yeah. You know, so everything's changing and it is, uh, it is challenging. Um, but it, as long as there's cars on the road and there's glass in them, we'll be in business, you know, but there's a lot of work too, because, you know, we don't, we have, like I said, I was the first one to leave diamond auto glass. And then there was other people that caught and follow suit. And I even encouraged a lot of people. Like I try to help people start their own businesses, like detailing businesses, roofing businesses. And um, I, I just want to see people succeed. And um, it's it's tough because in our industry, there's cutting glass. There's uh, heavy equipment that requires special glass for it. Um, there's some guys that just do commercial residential. So they will get phone calls. They'll send work over to me to do the glass and vice versa. So we're kind of feeding each other work all the time. Um, so there's always a specialty in our business, uh, which is helpful too, because there's just so much work out there that's, you know, to be had. My son just asked me the other night. I don't know why. It was kind of out of nowhere. It's what you know, I guess kids do. But he asked me how many cars there were in the world. That's an interesting I, question. I figured, yeah. <laughs> he asked me how many <laughs> we went from cars to houses to people. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know where he was trying to go with it, but uh, I don't know if he's trying to connect the dots. Even, even I think I said there was more people, obviously, in the world than there were like cars or houses. And he's like, "Well, how's that possible?" Because he's a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's just that's, what, that's how it works. How many cars do you think there are in the world? Jeez, let me guess. You Google that. <laughs> do you have an answer? Because well, I, I have to. no, yeah, I, well, I have I, no he, idea, man. He asked me, and I'm like, oh, dude, I don't know. Yeah, no, I would have no idea. I mean, different uh, brand cars or just cars in general? Because estimated number of cars in the world. I, w- I wouldn't even be able to throw a number out there, bud. I have no idea. According to Google, it's 1.47 billion. Really? Yeah. 
1.47 billion. Wow. Hmm. That's interesting. So you'll have a job for a long time until you're dead. Yeah. Right. A lot of cars in the world. Do you think it ever becomes a point where the the glass won't crack? They'll make a car like I feel like um well, Elon Musk is creating that that cyber truck and that's it's mm-hmm. almost like bulletproof or whatever it is. Like, do you think it becomes a, a thing where we become a society where cars are just starting to be made with bulletproof glass? I, I mean, to a point, they they some vehicles do have bulletproof glass in them. You can manufacture it and have it made. It's not easy because there's a mold for each product that's out there, and there's a process that has to go. Um, it has to go through. So to manufacture a window like that and to sell it, it you're not. It, it, it's only going to be for specialty cars because the average person is not going to be able to afford it. Right. You know. So they do make films now where it's almost like a tint that you can put on your windshield and it's, uh, I don't know how thick it is, but it more or less ricochets the rock off the glass. But if it's coming at a certain rate of speed, it's still going to break it. But even with bulletproof glass, if you're, you're driving around with it and it's a daily driver, so let's just say you have a, a regular Honda Civic that you drive back and forth and you're driving an hour and commuting one way, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's going to get pitted up. Why are you attacking me? Why I, well, I drive a Honda, a Honda Civic? Civic? Why, why are you attacking me? I do too, because I have one. <laughs> <laughs> do you really have one? I swear to God, yes. Yeah, I do. I, I do too because I don't so, drive my truck to work. I, I want to save on gas. Man. Exactly. Well, so you fixed, and I can't. I'm having. I'm drawing a blank. You fixed one of my cars, and I wanted to say it was my Jeep Wrangler back in like '09, but I don't think that was the case. I think, I think I bought a car in the window. I think I bought a Honda Accord from Motor World and. 2015 and the window was like the 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 driver's side window was was funky and i think you fixed that but i'll never forget you're talking about people who you know women crying men being pissed off it's not a sexist thing by any means it's just you know how we we, uh listen man i have men that cry sometimes i just didn't want to say (laughs) i cry over things that are you know less important than that and that's that's fine but i i just bought it was my first. Well, it wasn't a brand new car. It was my. It was my first like car I bought on my own, and it was a Jeep Wrangler. It was yellow. I don't know why I did that, but it was it was young. And I'm driving it. I'm literally. I drive it out of. It was nationwide, by the mall. I drive it out of the the lot. I get onto the Cross Valley. I'm I'm happy. I'm 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 a pig and shit. You know. I, I'm like this is. I always wanted a Jeep Wrangler. I'm driving. I, I have to get to the next exit to get to my apartment at the time. Sure as shit. Rock kicks up, hits the windshield. Yeah. It's a nick in it. I think at that point, I just got it like filled. Um, But what? Talk about heartbreak. This is like my first yeah, like exactly, car I bought man. on my own. And I'm trying like, the day I bought it, I'm yeah. taking it home. And yeah, Nick. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't take much either. And a lot, you know, we get a stories all the time from people. Oh, I was driving on the road. There was no cars around me and stuff. And then they're like mad because they're like, oh, I was driving. And then somebody in front of me and they kicked up a rock. And I'm like, listen, go out to your car and go look at your tires. There's going to be rocks in your tires. So the last thing you want is somebody calling you and saying, hey, your car kicked up a rock. Everybody's got rocks in their tires, man. Yeah, it's you know not on I mean? purpose. It's not no, purpose. It's, it happens. But they're like, 
then they'll say that the windows are junk. Well, they're not junk. It's that you, somebody's driving at 70 miles an hour and kicks a rock. Well, guess what happens? You're driving 70 miles an hour, so you're getting hit at 140. Right. That's going to break a window. Right. You know, it's yeah. inevitable. So, you know, it's just... <laughs> Again, it's it's for us to educate them. So I, right. I give, give them the insight and say it happens. But yeah, it's it's a devastating thing, man. You know, because yeah. then it costs you money. Yeah, it sucks. It's a it's a inconvenience for sure. Mm-hmm. But you're in the glass business, Northeast Auto Glass. We're 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 moving to the future. Whatever comes your way, you're going to adapt. You're going to kill it. And you'll be in that that ownership seat until the day you die. Yes, sir. You'll be that, that you know, be eighty years old answering that phone. Yeah, go go t- go tell the guy you're mad at him. <laughs> Hello, I'm the guy oh, you're mad at. I'm <laughs> my walker. <laughs> well, congratulations on a, a successful business. You know, good for you for Thanks, taking the, the the risk. I know you kind of had things in in line, um, by chance almost it seems, but like. Good for you for, you know, you, you start your own business. You're an entrepreneur. You have people that work for you. You're providing jobs. And, you know, you're you're a consultant for your customers, which is always a, a great thing to be because, again, people don't know the ins and outs of the business. And you're there to kind of walk them through that. And I'm sure that helps, you know, your business. It helps, you know, referrals. It just helps everything because, you know, communication uh, is an amazing thing. And I think these days we lack it because we're mm-hmm. typing over a phone, we're typing through emails, we're typing over Facebook, we're typing over Instagram, and we're losing that uh, human connection. So kudos to you for you know maintaining that in your business. Thanks, Ben. Let's get on to the motivational stuff. Okay. Or music. Which one? I want to. I want to. Motivational stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and with music, man. So. <clears throat> People are miserable, right? People, it, mm-hmm. it's 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 hard to be alive. It's 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 hard. I mean, you know, I don't want to get into politics too much, but I mean, I I have admitted this before. I'll, I'll admit it again. I voted for the administration that is currently in the White House, and I couldn't be more disappointed with that decision. Does that mean I wish I would have voted for? Trump at the alternative? No. I just, I'm really upset with where we are as a country. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's uh, uncommon. That's that's probably across the board. Sure. I think you most know, people feel the same way you it, do. It just, it, you yeah. know, forget the parties because I don't want to make things political. Like, because unfortunately, the world we live it's in. It's about people. It's, it's not it's, about it's the about, party. It's, it's about people. That's what I'm saying. It's just like it, you know? we are humans in the world, and it's a struggle to fucking live. Yep. Um, you know, I I do well at my job. You know, I can't complain about the money that I make, but I feel like every time that I, I do better, and I'm sure every time that someone gets a raise uh, across the world, it's like, oh yes, I got a raise, but that that money is consumed by you know the inflation and you know the price of electricity the price of you know their water bill whatever you want to call it it's everything it just costs more to live mm-hmm. it's frustrating 
And I'm sure you've seen that. I'm sure you've seen it online. I'm sure you've seen it. Like, you know, people say uh, it. we see it everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard, man. It's, it's, um, you know, if, if I said that I was, if I tried saying like, everything is great over here, it would be like, I'd be lying to you. Now, granted, I'm not starving. I have a roof over my head. Like everything's good. Right. Right. But like, again, like, you, 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 it could be better. It, well, you know, it's just like you, you, if you, if you, like, I'm in sales. So it's like, my entire charisma in sales. I told my uh, coworker the other day, I've never been in a job where I get an annual raise. Never, ever, ever, ever. Because I'm in sales. It's one of those things. It's like, if you want more money, go get it. Mm-hmm. And I have, and I have that opportunity, which is great. Um, not everyone has that, but even the, 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 the more that I sell, it's, it's been consumed by higher bills, higher uh, groceries, higher gas, higher, electric costs, all that kind of shit. And it gets to a point where it's just, it's just, it's defeating. And, you know, I, I'm very lucky where I have uh, my wife who um, has, a, has a job. And so we're able to kind of, I don't want to say absorb those increases, but we're able to manage them, I guess you could say. But not mm-hmm. everyone has that. We're in a world where people are literally struggling and they don't know where their next meal is going to be they don't know anything and i think that's kind of where you know strength over weakness comes in maybe i'm wrong but i want you to talk about that platform that you are building and kind of giving people hope because yeah it's 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 hard life is hard and we need we need to t- to celebrate the wins we need to to have people that talk about how we can do better. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think the the main thing that started um, giving people more stress, more anxiety and all this stuff and reassurance that the world's turning to shit is social media. I mean, yeah. it really, the, it's, it's a reassurance that we're in the world we are today. You see reflections of the way people act on social media. Like you can post something and it could be of nothing. And then you got somebody texting you saying, hey, is everything okay? Is everything all right? Yes, everything's great. It's just that something crossed my mind and I want to share it with people. And But people, first thing they think of is something negative. Although it's a positive, they turn it into a negative. Well, why are they doing that? Because they're not, they're wired wrong. You know, so it, people need to sit back and they need to really evaluate their life. When we were kids, we didn't have money. You know, we grew up in a society where we were lucky to have food on our table. I mean, I remember eating cans of soup for for dinner because that's all my family had to feed us. But we didn't question it. We didn't, you know, know. sit here and say, oh, we don't have uh, heat. We have to use uh, kerosene heaters, you know, like, or or we just didn't have heat on that night. You know, we lived in a completely different world, but it was because we only knew what we knew. And now that we know more about what John's doing tonight or about what sally's having for dinner or about what this person's wearing who's buying what i think it it really people absorb all that and it starts to mix their emotions up and they become bitter and they think their life sucks they compare things well there's no reason to compare what you have that person has because anybody living up in the ice lakes they think oh their life's so wonderful i'm sorry but no they're in debt you know not everybody i'm just saying you know, there is a lot of people, they put themselves in a position where they're in debt, they're not living a comfortable life, and everything's about materialistic stuff. And there's no reason to 
think that your life's any better than this person or your life's any worse than that person, you know? And, and that's why I always see so many people, you know, they're fighting and arguing on social media. And I, I, I'm going to be honest, man, I do it too. I'll sit there and say something to somebody and the next thing you know, it turns into an argument and a fight. And I just let it back. I back off because I, I didn't come on here to argue, right. you know, but I, I think that's uh, one of the main reasons is the, is social media really has caused people to, to want to battle, you know, and they, they compare life, you know, and, and it doesn't matter the amount of money anybody has because at the end of the day, man, we're all going to be buried in the same space spot you know we're all going to the same place um but you know we just have i mean i just think people need to be kinder the people need to watch out for others i mean because that that's kind of what started the whole strength overcomes weakness is the pandemic hit and i'm watching tv and i'm going what in the hell is going on and i'm freaked out i mean i'm gonna be honest with you i was freaked out we're going to the store there's nothing on the shelves can't find toilet paper can't find paper towels it's because everybody went into a panic well back in 2008 i never watched the news social media on facebook wasn't really that big back no, then right. it was there but there was no panic nobody was going to the grocery store and buying everything off the shelves it's because of the way that we allow the media to control our society is is why we are the way we are so 100%. I think that people, they, they need to just step back. And, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, me voicing my opinion is not going to change that, but I'm just saying, I think that's what the root of it all is. But, you know, I, I was able to lend people money during the pandemic because I had extra money or I had to dip into money I didn't have and use that that I had saved to keep my business afloat. You know, and I don't really complain about it, but it's, I wouldn't have been able to get through things if it wasn't for other people helping me with you know, Ron and Gina Russo, you know, um, the, I didn't have gloves. I couldn't buy nitro gloves. So Gina's like, Hey, there's a case on the porch. Come pick it up. Didn't ask for a penny, you know, um, people needed, you know, certain items. I was able to have it. I provided it to them. So at that time I saw there was a lot of people that were sticking together, people that had a strong foundation and they, uh, they were there for other people. And, then some people are losing their jobs or taking their lives. And, you know, a lot of family members are sick and, you know, they couldn't really pull out of the situation they were in because they were too far to a point of where they were so weak that they couldn't find the strength to pull themselves back up. And they might not even have anybody that they can reach out to. And that's another thing. There's a lot of people with like uh, mental health issues, you know, people who are alcoholics and, you know, there's somebody that's, uh, I know that's kind of in the family. He went off the deep end and they, he was missing and he was drinking himself. And I think he was trying to kill himself, you know, and it's, there's no reason for it. You know, there really isn't. People just need to be there for one another and, you know, help each other out. And I just think, think that some people that don't have a, a big, like strong family don't have anybody to talk to, Right. you know? I mean, it's like, I, love calling my mom up a couple times out of the week and i talked to her we have a, a you know i have a 45 minute drive to work we talk the whole way call my aunt call my kids you know it's like you have people to talk to and unfortunately not everybody does so that's why i started the platform because i'm like there's other people that have gone through divorces i went through a terrible divorce 
uh, I don't, and I look back on it now and I'm like, how the hell did I pull out of that? But you, you wonder, because it's like, you see some of your other friends and they're losing everything yeah. because you, ha- you, you have to, I look at it like this. Life is an obstacle. We don't ask for things. It just happens. So you need to make sure that you're, you know, it, it, it's like a battlefield, man, whatever comes at you, you need to take full force and you need to fight and try to defeat whatever comes at you and don't let it take you down because we're, we're all given that opportunity to make that choice on whether you're going to let that situation defeat you or not. And so I said, well, there needs to be a, a room, a group or something to where people can come in, they can express their feelings. And if there's somebody that can help them out by voicing their opinion, give them some sort of insight on what they did, maybe to help them out and overcome certain situations, then that's awesome. And, and if it affects one person and it makes their life better, then that's one person that's happier than they were yesterday. You know, and there's, and there's a lot of people that just even at my work, you know, they'll be sitting there and they'll be talking to me and uh, we'll, I'll start talking to them about strength overcomes weakness and, and they'll, uh, they'll open up to me. I've had like three people actually like cry to me and explain their life to me because they didn't really have anybody to talk to about it. And I was able to be there and open up and saying, Hey, like, listen, I started this, this is what I'm doing. And because I went through this or I saw somebody go through this. And then, so they start feeling like, Oh, I can open up to this guy. And the next thing you know, they're in my office, they're crying, leave with a hug, you know? So it's, we're all here for the same reasons, you know? And I just think that it's inviting that uh, there's people out there that can, that can just balance other people out. Well, and I've said I've said this a lot of times. I I feel like we're we're more divided now than we've ever been before, even though we're more connected than we've ever been before. And that connection comes from the internet, social media, shit like that. Mm -hmm. But we are so we are we live in this society where you know you're it's red or blue or it's it's black or white and it's it's all it's it's this or that. And I feel like we really lost. You know, you talk about, you know, having a community and people being there for one another. And you talk about social media being the downfall. And I honestly, social media, yes, 100%. But like, I, and I've said this for years, internet in general, blessing and curse. These freaking phones, these phones have have destroyed our our community to a degree. Like, we don't talk. We don't, like... You know, when you're neighbors, you leave your door open. Yeah, but it's not the phones. It's the people. So if you look at the phones, right, you have a choice. It's a choice to make. You can do smart shit. You can do dumb shit. And most people do dumb shit. They sit on it. They text and they want to do this and share stupid perverted things. Or they want to go on there and say nasty stuff to people. When I'm on there, I'm looking up motivational stuff. I'm trying to find out what I'm going to do today to find a quote or read an article that something that kind of just uh, I can resonate with that I can put out there that somebody might be able to say, wow, that's a good point. I really like that. I'm going to take that throughout my day with me and change my day. Yeah. You know, but do you think you, you've had a, a, a better foundation of in, in your life? Because think about you and me we're probably around the same age or might be a little bit older but we, we yeah. lived our lives 
half with internet, half without. We -hmm. had a strong family foundation, a strong community foundation. It's probably why we're pretty successful in our, in our, in our business lives where, you know, we, we understand the the value of communication to customers and, and people in general. There's a, there's a generation who does, they don't have that. They don't, they don't know what that is. That's their I mean, life lives I, on on social media. It, it lives right. on these phones and these screens. Well, I think I think there is a, a a problem with that too, because even I see a lot of younger people now, and all they do is put all their problems out on social media. It's terrible, and and that's the last thing you want to do. And you know, I mean, I grew up in a you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm from Knoxon, and um, we were dirt poor, man. You know, like we didn't have much of anything. And my, my parents, they divorced when I was younger and, um, well, I shouldn't say younger. I mean, I was a teenager. Um, but I had a rough time dealing with that. And I just, uh, my mom had me at 13, which is not really heard of back then. Wow. So my mom, I I give a lot of credit to because dude, I could have been given up for adoption, you know, and I wouldn't even know where my parents are, but because of, the person my mom is, she decided that she was going to take her life and change her wants and needs and give those to me. And so that's where I think that, you know, I owe a lot of who I am to her. So that's kind of why I've always been the way I've been yeah. is because, you know, she, she's always, we've always had a good relationship and we've always been close because Dude, I don't even I don't even know where I would be <laughs> if she wasn't my mom. <laughs> that's you know amazing. I mean? That's like, amazing. Shout out to I your really mom. Don't. That's I mean, that's unheard yeah. of. Even even in today's world. I mean, it's it's still a <clears throat> wow, that's that's incredible. Shout out to your mom. That's awesome that she was. Yeah. Able to so yeah, and, and again, man, then as she got older, um, and I graduated and stuff, she went back to school and she remarried and has a wonderful husband that, you know, just allowed her to go back and she's a PA. She's, you know, a physician's assistant. So, you know, she's, she's made a lot of great choices and she's been through a lot of stuff. So I think that is where I get my backbone from. Um, but let because me, I I've seen what she's done. Yeah. But let me, let me let's go, let's go, let's go back though real quick. I mean, mm-hmm. she was, that was a world where there was no social media. Imagine her life mm-hmm. if there was social media. She, imagine, you know, being a teenager and having to deal with other teenage kids making fun of her. Yeah, all those shit, like it's a different world. Like so, what, yeah. I'm, what I'm getting at is like at least back then, it is you know the, the situation is as challenging as it was. There was not so much outside noise as there is today. And no. it's easy to say, oh, well, get rid of these phones, get rid of it, don't, don't, don't pay attention to it, don't. But I mean, you can't. There's not much you can do without a phone these days. I mean, it's mm-hmm. almost forced into our hands to to use to, you know, pay a bill or 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 whatever it might be. It's 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 it's. I worry about you know our youth, um, you know, and that's I'm saying that as a, as a father of a soon to be six year old and a father of a 17 month old. Like, I, I don't know what it's going to look like in 10 years. Yeah. I know. I worry, man. You know, it's, I do. I worry for my kids. It's, it's scary. And it's, and it's what I'm saying to you is it's, it's easy for you and I to, to really understand the difference between reality 
and and what's fake because i think i would say that too you know we grew up in a time where you had, you had the real world on on mtv yeah and all these reality shows like we know we know that this shit's fake we know what's scripted whether they call it reality or not we know it's it's, it's we know that social media and the shit people post are is more often a facade we know that because we're adults we, we 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 can comprehend those things but there are children growing up with phones internet social media who don't understand what's happening mm-hmm. they just don't no and that's scary to me mm-hmm. they see they see they see 16 and pregnant and they say oh that's real life well they see you know kim kardashian uh implants and this other thing that's oh well that's just how things work that that's what I, that you know when i get this that's age, all they know do that. that's it, all i know it's it's that's yeah, it. it's it's put out in front of their face all the time yeah so i don't know how we got on this all this but like it, it all well, stems. It, i think it all stems to you know people trying to comprehend all these things and kind of navigate this world we live in and it's 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 hard for people to navigate Mm-hmm. Well, it's like my daughter even will, will say to me said, sometimes before, like she was telling me she has like, anxiety. I said, you don't even know what anxiety is. And she's stressed. And she, you don't even know what stress is. This is years ago. You know, she's right. 14 now. And I'm like, you don't even know what stress is. Where, where, where is this coming from? It's because she's heard it or she's seen it. So that gets implemented into people's minds and they think I'm that way. Right. And I mean, I can go on a whole other subject, but I won't about. <laughs> no, I know. I, <laughs> you don't, you know I know where about. I know where you're thinking. I know exactly yes. what you're thinking. I would love to talk and, about it, but I won't. No, uh, and the thing is, is that we're who we are, and the thing is, is that because of influences that are out there that tell you you should be this or you should be that, no, you be who you want to be. You know, and yeah. the the thing is, is that um, we we are a, a product of of the environment we're in. And but people have to stop allowing to be conditioned by things and manipulated, and and they just are <laughs> brainwashed. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's I don't know, man. It's it's hard. It's it's I'm worried about a lot of things. You know, as as you know, you are. I'm sure too. As a father, whether your children are you know 14 or 20 or whatever they are, it it's sucks it's scary yeah it's worrisome it's you can't even really you know when you're talking about your your business you can take classes and educate yourself on um a a windshield and the sensors and the calibrations you can't really do that with a child Mm -hmm. you can't you can't educate yourself um as to how they're going to feel and react and it's scary. In yeah. my opinion, in my opinion, that's just how I feel. At you know, but. yeah, and it's it's different too. With uh, you know, I, my daughter's fourteen, my son's sixteen, and they're they're completely night and day because my son doesn't really bother with too many people, and I, I'm really blessed to have the kids that I have because like their mom just sent me over their grades, and they're all like three point nine average, and. Like they're just extremely intelligent kids and I don't, they didn't get it from me. <laughs> so, but, um, but, but again, you know, from so somewhere. <laughs> from somewhere, but um, yeah, man, it's, it's just tough because uh, you know, my, my son 
is very like into sports. He's into exercising. He watches what he eats. He counts all of his calories. He's very, um, and he's 16. I mean, I didn't have that dedication then. I didn't have the dedication now. We didn't, but we didn't know. We didn't know. You know? We right. Know. Well, None of that existed with us back then. I know. I know. And she and she's just completely opposite where she gets involved in all this drama with all these girls because obviously, you know, the whole TikTok thing and they're dancing and they're doing this. And she's got like 15 pages. Like, as I said, have one page be you, show who you are. You know what I mean? That you're diverse and that you have all this stuff because that's going to be more effective if you want to be noticed by people. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, it's and again, they're good kids, man. They don't like they just you know most kids are out smoking and drinking, and he's going to the gym. So it's just That's awesome. uh, yeah, it, and again, it's uh, it's just that I don't have to worry about. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but. But uh, where where their life's going to be, and, and he's invested in stuff too. My son is like he he, he worked with me over the summer. I was giving him cash, so he got a taste of what it's like to make money, and he put it away and he invested it on like, taxable income. Good for him. Awesome, right? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Don't worry, my five listeners won't send you to jail. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but. That's yeah, awesome. so uh, it's it, it's it's interesting, man. Yeah, so um, but he, uh, you know, I I have good kids, good kids. That's great. That's great. I mean, that's all you can ask for, really. You know, mm-hmm. just make you know. Hopefully, the kids are better than we were. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't have a chance to get into big trouble. Not today. No. No. I guess maybe they made it do. Easily get caught. Yeah. Can we pause for one second? Yeah, certainly. I gotta pee. So if you gotta pee, we'll we'll pee and then we'll come back. Sounds good, man. All right, give me one second. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. Been drinking yeah, lots no of water lately. Trying to trying to be healthy, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, as far as kids go, it sounds like you have a, a you know a couple great kids, and I don't know what uh, the future holds. Um, I always said that for the past before my kid got into kindergarten. I was like, we have it made right now. There's no outside influences. There's no, this is easy life right now. Yeah. So kindergarten this year, not that it's been bad by any means, but there's, you know, kids are getting to be kids and their opinions and, you know, different, different opinions. And it's, it's a wild thing. I can't imagine what it's going to be like when it's, I think, I think school, you know, years from now are going to be different than what it is now, if it still exists. I, I was just going to say that. I don't even know if there's going to be schools in the next 10 years. I mean, as far as like, you know, state funding goes or, um, I mean, in pandemic, everybody's homeschooled pretty yeah. much. I think that's going to be a thing, especially with all these, this violence, gun violence in schools, man. Like, it's a whole other yeah. topic I don't want to talk about. But, I mean, I just don't foresee there, there being a reason to go to school. I mean, it's 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 just kind of more so a social uh, time for the kids because like truthfully i mean i just made a post the other day about school i it wasn't for me i learned nothing from it it didn't benefit me whatsoever right. the stuff that my kids are learning they're not going to even remember any of this stuff they're not going to know what it's you know what they're doing in algebra or 
you know, trigonometry and stuff like that. It's never going to be even used as they get older. Right. Like the real study becomes when you become an adult, when it's like you graduated, that's when your studies start because you have to figure out who am I going to become? Where am I going to live? Am I going to go to college? If I'm going to go to college, what am I going to major in? Put myself in tons of debt and then have not be able to afford you know, I know people who have, you know, 70, 80,000 or more in debt because they went to school and they can't pay it back. And then now they can't fix shit around their house because now they got a mortgage and they can't do their landscaping or they can't pave their driveway. And it, it's just absolutely nuts, man. You know, so sometimes I feel like the system might be designed to, to fail you. Well, you know? for sure. I mean, I mean, depending on what you go for, you know, college loans for sure are there to fuck you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I thought the pandemic for sure was going to pull the carpet out from under the whole institution of college. Excuse me. Um, just because, like, I mean, you know, th- no one's going to school. No one's going to class. And I think the tuition you pay for, I mean, for me, I went to Kings. I didn't live on campus. I would literally pay the tuition. Everyone else would, but I would go to school, I would go to class, and I would go home. So I wasn't accessing, you know, the gym or whatever might be around me because I was going home to go to work. I was focusing on homework. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, living on living on campus. I wasn't taking advantage of these, you know. I guess they're opportunities, right? But sure, I don't know. It just it's it's gonna be a different different landscape for sure. Yeah. It has to be. I mean, we can't keep living like we are right now. I mean, we're in a big tr- we're in big trouble in that there's no the trades have been completely uh, just kind of blackballed. They they've just kind of been stagnant for like the last few years. But we were There's raised in like a, a world where, like, oh, don't don't use your your hands, don't work hard like that. Like, use your brain. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, well, what about where are the plumbers? Where are the roofers? Where are the electricians? Like, those guys now went for a two year degree, and they can walk in the door and just name their price because there's so few of them. Mm-hmm. There's so few qualified. It's like, okay, well, this is going to cost you this much money and good luck finding someone else to do it because they're A, there aren't or they're not qualified. And, you know. Yeah. And that's, and I, I think we need, need more, more people to be, uh, I need more people in a trade. You know, mm-hmm. that's what they, they need to be available. I mean, I know when I need a plumber, it's very hard to find. I mean, we had to, you know, our appliance go on us the other day and um, what didn't even go. It was just that the water is bad and the pipes were, uh, like the hoses or something had a lot of iron in them, so they weren't working. It was something very simple to fix, but I don't know that. I mean, I could rip apart how many different things before I find out that, oh, the hoses are clogged. Yeah. I wouldn't even know. But that's what these guys are for. And, yeah. you know, um, like my, my family was like, well, they charged you that much? I'm thinking, well, yeah, because if I'm going to go do a job somewhere and use my gas, my time, my materials, it, it's going to be a lot of money because... I mean, I'm the only one that's doing it. You got to pay for a service, you know, and it, shit's not free and stuff's not cheap. So I'd rather, in, in being a small business owner, you'd rather give the money to a small business. Yeah. You know, 
little respect there. Definitely yeah. need more. Definitely more need more trades though. A hundred percent. They don't, but they don't teach you that in school. I mean, they're trying they to get rid of art. They're trying to get rid of uh, what was the other thing? Shop classes. Like, right. dude, come on, man. I mean, people like furniture. People like you know construction, and, and they're trying to take all that stuff away. And they're worried about football or baseball or whatever, you know. And and that's fine too. But it's like you need to make sure that people are hands-on and, and, and can, because that's a talent. You, I mean, not everybody can build shit. It's a skill. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I hope that we kind of turn it around because, or, or people just realize that, Hey, like I can make a ton of money doing this and not go to school and put myself in. Yeah. But can you imagine us in 10 years now without a plumber or a roofers or any construction workers? I mean, that's, that's going to happen. Gary to think about and That's we're on, we're on the way. Yeah. Like I, I had a small roof job that I needed to get done. And I had I had my guy. I had a guy, <clears throat> I knew him. Um I, I I helped his kids out a lot along, you know, my career. And I worked for a reputable company. Like I should have no issues. And mm-hmm. this whole thing dragged out for a year. And I all I said was in Last year it was like, hey, I like listen, like the, just help me out this year. Like he's like, oh yeah, we sealed the this area, and then it'll it'll take you through to spring next year, and we'll give it a permanent fix. Granted, the, the seal didn't work, so the spring I called, I said, hey, the seal didn't work. I appreciate you helping me out, but that didn't work. Uh, I want to kind of schedule the, the the full fix like we had talked about last year. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, I got you. No big deal. And um, I said, I'm not in a hurry. I just, just as long as this is done before the winter. I can't. Don't ever say you're not in a hurry. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I learned that too. But I knew the guy. Like, I'm not trying to break his balls. Like, you know, whatever. And um, <clears throat> I started in, in May. of It's just this year. <clears throat> and um, then he finally came out, looked, looked things over. Blah blah blah. Didn't give me a quote. You know, he's like, "Oh yeah, we'll be there before winter time over, or before winter time comes." And before I knew it was October, and I even gave the guy two outs. I was like, "Dude, if this is out of your, like, if this is too small of a job for you guys, I totally get it. Not a big deal. But let me know so I can find somebody else before winter comes." No, 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 no. We'll we'll take care of it. I got you. I got you. Blah blah. blah. I did it twice, and that was October. I'm like. Dude, and he has his he has his uh, read receipts on, so I can mm-hmm. see when he when he reads his the messages. And I the, the final message I sent him was just like, dude, I'm just so disappointed right now. I wanted this done before winter time, and you just completely disappeared on me. I don't know what happened here, but I, I I'm sad. And yeah. uh, read it, didn't even respond. I'm like. Jesus, you've got to be kidding me! <laughs> but I found, but I found somebody else, Renegade Roofing, Good. John Williams. If anyone's listening to this this far in, please by all means uh, hit them up for their, your roofing needs. But I would just, I would, it wasn't that that parental thing. I'm like, I'm not even mad. Yeah, right. I'm disappointed. Actually, I, sure. I, I was mad. I was mad a few times when it would rain, and the small roof area because like above my front door, so it's, it would rain and it would leak, and I'm like, I, I actually took some videos. I'm like, you see this right here? This is what I'm talking about. It's getting worse now because you waited an entire year to get to this. I never sent them. So I'm like, I got, I, 
I gotta be professional. I gotta be cool. But mm-hmm. it's but guys like that, and and then after he goes to me, I called three other places. Three other places. We're like, oh yeah, I got you. I'll be by tomorrow for a, we'll take a look, we'll give you a quote. And two out of the three came by. Two looked. They're like, oh yeah, we'll we'll get a, a quote together. This will be no problem, not a big deal. Then never gave a quote. And it's like, hey, <laughs> are we doing this or not? Right. MIA. And then one of the same companies who I called, who I said, hey, um, <clears throat> roofer, whatever, uh, I have this problem. I would love for you to take a look at it. You were recommended by somebody else who I know. And it's like, oh yeah, we got you, we got you. Uh, let us look at our schedule, but we're we're planning on Thursday or Friday of this week. So I call on a Monday, Thursday or Friday this week. We'll let you know. So Wednesday comes, and I said, hey guys, like I know you said Thursday or Friday you're going to stop by. Is that still uh, a possibility? They're like, yes, and then never showed up. Same same company, and I didn't know this at the time. Came to us at Axelred. And um, some of the stuff got a little messed up. And then without question, I was like, yeah, these are not acceptable. We'll fix them. Not an issue. And they responded to me with like, this is very discouraging, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And I wanted to write back so bad. Like, See, I, I would have written back. <laughs> uh, uh, well, that's not my business, so I can't do it. But I, I want to be like, it must be nice sitting in your glass house. Throwing stones, yeah. Because like they were like they, they were, I gave them updates, all this stuff, and it just wasn't enough. And even when I said like we're going to redo this without question, it was like, well, this is very discouraging and inconvenient. I'm like, yeah, I get that, but I'm going to get it done for you in two days for one. Mm-hmm. No questions asked. This is on, this is on us. Like, I'll fix this pa- as fast as possible. But like, for you to sit in your glass house throwing stones, I want to be like. Do you want to go there? Do you want to do this right now? But I couldn't. I couldn't do it because yeah, you know, I know. If it was my business, I would have one hundred percent have done it. You should have just consulted with Dave and just ask him. <laughs> Is it okay? <laughs> he probably he wouldn't have okay. cared. But it's just like, it's just not. <laughs> I know, it's, it's just not me. It's just per- right. I get you. Oh, I dude. I believe me. I mean, I'm, I'm the last person to. I, I, I hate. I hate that. You know, that shit. But, but. I don't know how we got here. Life's hard. We need we need, the need more strength. We need more strength. <laughs> yeah. So I That's mean, it, like, you got this. You got this whole platform. Um, what, what are your goals with that? Strength overcomes weakness. Yeah, strength overcomes weakness. Um, yeah. I mean, I I don't really do much with it right now, and I'm just going to be honest. Why? Because when I first started doing it, I was plastered videos all over social media. And my account ended up getting hacked. And like I said, I started it back in 2020. And um, so I kind of lost the page, access to the page. And there, so I had to clean it all up and stuff. And I regained access back to it. So I'm like, you know what? I got to trademark this and get this taken care of. Um, because obviously, you know, your personal page is linked to your business pages and stuff like that. Right. So everything was compromised. So I go to trademark it. And somebody down in Florida trademark strength over weakness no the exact same thing everything 
So I'm like, what do I do? So I'm trying to reach out to my attorney that I had involved. And he says, well, you know, we have to wait to see what the process is. And then I said, well, I'm going to change it to strength overcomes weakness for right now because I don't want it to be similar. Um, he says, well, it is kind of similar. He said, so and logos aren't the same, but it's the purpose, the message, the abbreviations. And I almost feel like they, they stole the idea, but who am I to say that I'm that original? You know what I mean? That somebody else wouldn't come up with the same idea. So anyway, um, I don't really post too much on the main page, but I post a lot in the group because I want the people that are in the group to still feel that they're part of something. So what's, that, what's that group called? It, it's strength overcomes weakness. Okay. That's the group. So yeah, that's the group. And right now I'm just kind of waiting to see if I can trademark the strength overcomes weakness um, and just see what happens. And if I can, great. If not, then I'll have to come up with a different concept and a different name, but um, well, not a different concept, but a different name for it. But at least everybody has a home right now they can go to and, and, you know, talk but I, I i mean this what i would like to do at some point is get enough people uh maybe do a podcast and have people come on explain their stories and you know talk about their situations and maybe other listeners will listen to it and feel more comfortable to say oh they i went through the same thing and they, yeah. you know, they had enough courage to go on the podcast and talk about it let's do it you know because i think a lot of people are afraid to to open up and let people know their problems and there's nothing to be you know, ashamed of. We all go through shit, man. And it's like, I think one of the worst things I've ever battled was my divorce. Just, it was, it was absolutely horrible. If not only emotionally, financially, but that was my choice. You know, it's something I chose to do. So I need, I picked my battle and I needed to, I needed to fight that for years. And it was uh six and a half years, man. of just brutal, brutal shit. But I came out of it. And, you know, I see some guys going through this stuff and I reach out to them like, Hey, listen, man, there's, there's another side, you know, you look at something 10 years from down the road and you're going to be like, wow, I, I'm surprised where I'm at. I knew I can get through this. And, you know, you just need to, you need to have a, a tough backbone, man. You, you yeah. really do. Some people just need uh need a little shove. So I just think that, uh, after the doing a podcast and, um, you know, maybe, uh, at that point, and even doing small little meetings with people too, but I don't want it to get it to, to get to a point where everything becomes um, too personal, where people are got personal cell phones and yeah. then everybody's driving it, everybody crazy. I, I want to keep it more like a maybe get like not even like even a Zoom like we're doing now. You know, we can get everybody on a Zoom call and do Zoom conversations. Yeah, I think that would help people out too. Yeah, I think this is like this mis misconception too. Like when you when you say strength over weakness, I think people and maybe it's just something I put in my head. Like weakness being like, oh, I've uh, succumbed to addiction or or whatever that that kind of road might be. But like weakness is so many different things. And you you said about you know divorce, like that that's mm -hmm. maybe a, a weak moment for you, and not that you were weak, but just like a a moment of your life that was just like it's a battle like you said before too um <clears throat> or maybe you lost your job like how do you rebound from that there's so there's like strength over weakness or strength overcomes weaknesses i th i think maybe i'm just making something in my head kind of 
might focus on addiction and, and, and being at that low, low level. But I think it, it, it's so much it, more than that. It, it's a, it's a way of life for many people, depending on what their situation is, you know, cause I mean, it could be, uh, you know, somebody, like I said, uh, divorce, um, yep. like myself, uh, yep. you know, there's a couple of people I know that were alcoholics. I mean, and they decided to change their life. And I mean, we know a, a dear friend of ours that he is an amazing artist and bends metal got his aggression from bending metal and creating wonderful, beautiful art. And yep. he's sober. And, you know, that was uh, an accomplishment that he could be proud of. And, you Let's know, say his name, some... Scott Nichols. Let's just say his name. Don't talk about Scott. Hey, <laughs> of course, he's, Scott. He's, he's, not, he's, he's, the, not, he's the man. <laughs> he's proud of that. He's proud of that. He, I he know. Should be. That's what I mean. 100%. And he's, and, and he, and he's uh, a, a perfect example of what that is, yeah. you know, and, and he's, uh, He's somebody that was on board to talk about it, do the podcast and stuff. I mean, he's very busy, but uh, he's he's definitely somebody that can put some insight and you know and shine some light onto some other people's lives. You know? But anything, any, any any moment could be a moment of weakness. Whether it's like mm-hmm. I said, like you know, going through a divorce or losing a loved one, and obviously we all go through that. That's that's mm-hmm. a, you know. Obviously, we're at a weak moment when that happens because it's such a sad thing. But it's that's it's a, it's a universal thing, unfortunately, because there is just weakness and sadness all around us. So I think that's a that's it. That's what I'm saying. Every, it, it, it results in with everybody's lifestyle. You yeah. know, everybody experiences some weak point in their life that they can contribute. Yeah. You know, well, I hope you I hope you move forward with that. I think that's a that's a great uh, a great platform and just a. Uh, you know, just an outlet for people to, you know, vent and yeah, find comfort from people who've been through it, or just people who are are able to help guide. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, Every, everybody, everybody, you know, has a has a leadership moment in their life, and they don't. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> it's getting late. I mean, I'll talk to you all night. I'll talk to you till two. Yeah, I mean, I'm good. Know, we're recording on. <laughs> we haven't uh, talked for a long time, so yeah. November, we're t- recording on November fifteenth or sixteenth, whatever it is today. The fifteenth of November is probably be released in a week or two. Um, <clears throat> we start this at, at nine o'clock, and it's almost eleven now. So we're going on two hours. We may or may not have listeners still, but um, the fun part of of Adam Knowlton. Um, the the kind of fuck it, like we don't, I don't need to worry about business and and you know what that that part of my life is, and and you know maybe music could help with you know um finding strength over weakness, but the music is the fun part. It's you know it's the uh, I mean you have a ton of of songs out um. We've got songs like Redneck Nightclub, uh, Devil and Me, uh, but we've got two new ones that you just, uh, I don't know if you released them or you're planning on releasing them, but you, you, you shared them with me um, and it's consistent with, you know, everything you've done so far. And just two, the two songs are You Don't Know Me and Devil Needs Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about your musical path. Uh, again, I think it's the the fun part of who Adam Knowlton is, the, yeah. the fuck it kind of part of Adam Knowlton. And not just the fuck it. It's, I think, also a lot of, uh, it could be motivational. It could be 
just relatable stuff that people go through in life too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when I was uh, 12 years old, uh, a friend of mine came over my house with his guitar and said, I started taking guitar lessons. And I said, no shit. I said, I'd like to take some guitar lessons. And he says, well, there's a pastor over in Tunkana giving lessons for a dollar an hour just to keep like this little, uh, uh, it was like some sort of religious, uh, I don't know if it was a church or what, whatever it was to keep it open. So he started taking, we started taking lessons off him for about a year. And then uh, he stopped doing the lessons from that point forward. So I started going to Back Mountain Music. And I started learning from different musicians. So I started learning from like jazz musicians, uh, blues, um, metal. And I just uh, kind of became friends with a lot of people in the music industry. And then I thought to myself, you know, I really like writing and singing. So I'm not going to try to play lead guitar. So I focused on just basically doing... Um, just playing my acoustic guitar and, and being a songwriter, a singer-songwriter. So um, at that point, I, you know, played in bands uh, growing up. And then I decided that, you know, I was going to play in some cover bands, play out a couple bars. And the bar scene just wasn't really for me. I didn't want to be out until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning lugging shit around and, you know, <laughs> hustling like <laughs> some of our boys still do, you know yeah. what I mean? But, dude, I give them a lot of credit because some of the guys that we know, they, they really um, – that it's well deserved at what they do. And I give them a lot of credit for it because I, and, and again, I'm not somebody that can go and sit in a bar and play for a couple hours. Um, I don't play uh, fluently all the time. So it's not like I write something. If I'm driving in the car, I, I have a melody going through my head or I'll go and I'll write something in my phone and I'll write this like chorus. And then I'm like, okay, well, when I get home, I'm going to do this and I'm going to add it to the guitar. I might only play my guitar for like five or 10 minutes that month. Like I really don't play a lot. And so I'll write this song because this idea is in my head. So I create this song and I send it to my cousin, Chad. And then he's like, oh, wow, I really like that. So he'll throw some sort of guitar over it. And then we have an idea. So we go in the studio and he starts laying some tracks down. I start laying the rhythm down and then just singing the melody up top. We create this song. Devils Need Jesus, for example, the one I sent you, it was just a idea. And then I just started writing it. I wrote it in the car driving to work the one day. And then I just had the thought process in my head of how I wanted that sound. And then we got into uh, the studio and recorded it. And that's kind of how it came up. It's basically, that's where the creativity comes into play. So, um, you know, being a musician for how many years, I mean, you know, I'm 46 now. When I was in my 20s, like I had auditioned for like American Idol. I went to Boston and uh, I, I realized, wow, this is pretty fixed because there was guys that were there that were like all dressed up like the band Gore and they made it through and they actually were on TV. And I'm like, what's this shit? You know what I mean? Like all these people getting through on television and there's people who actually are talented musicians that they sent home and who are great singers. And I'm like, I'm done with this, man. Like, it's not I'm sexy. Just, it's not no, sexy. No. I, sh- I should have like did something that was pretty shocking, like dressed up in some, you know, drag shit maybe and some fishnet stockings and did something that was kind of shocking to yeah, them. Talk, and, talk and maybe it went on. <laughs> so, but yeah, man. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I've been playing for a long time and, and writing. And so the last few, I'd say, probably back in 2012 is when I first met my cousin, Chad, Chad May. 
Um, he, I, I knew that like he played guitar. I knew that he was a great guitarist, but we never really hung out together. We're different age brackets. So I called him up and said, Hey, you want to get together and play? Yeah, let's, let's, let's do that. You know, we're family and both love music. So as soon as we started playing together, we just got a good vibe off of each other. And that's kind of why I never really went in and started recording <laughs> any songs and any uh, music consistently because I didn't have a band. I didn't have a like a guitar player I could play with also. It was just me and my my uh rhythm guitar. So um over the course of my music career, I I joined a couple bands, like played in this hippie band for a while and stuff too. It wasn't my really my thing. What band? Um we were called the Custom Blended Conspiracy. Okay. It was more like a jam band. Uh, that didn't really last. Uh, I think it was like two years I played in that band for. But then, um, you know, I, I just, I guess my focus was just at that point was writing more songs. And uh, excuse me, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> I get you, man. Drink, drink some water. I'll talk, I'll talk through it. Um, I'm just getting over being sick. I know but anyway, COVID. yeah, man, we went a on a COVID, cruise COVID and came cowboy. back. COVID cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you had to reschedule. So, we rescheduled from last week to tonight. So thank you for uh, yeah for doing that. And I'm glad Dude, you feel better. I'm a champ, man. I, I do what I can, you know, but it's uh, it's pretty brutal. Everybody's yeah. been sick this time of year. But anyway, back to uh, the music. So I started recording at uh, Joe Loftus Studio, JL Studios. And yeah, um yeah, he's a, he's a great producer. So that's kind of where everything started. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do, what style of music I wanted to play. I just had a bunch of stuff I've always written for the last how many years. Um, we kind of just went in there and the, it started sounding more like a country rock style that I was playing. And um, you know, I grew up on on country music, you know, listening to a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Alan Jackson, Joe Diffie, Willie Nelson. And um, so we started just writing, and that's kind of where all the creativity started. So the um, first album that I re uh, released was the Joker's uh, Joker's and Thieves. It was more like a country rock album, and um, it has like a mix of everything on there. And um, most of the songs I write, uh, some, some of them are things I, I can relate to that, that experiences that happened in my life. Um, not necessarily all of them. Some things are just ideas or uh, a concept that comes up in my mind that I feel some people can relate to. You know, even if it's something, you, you get one little taste of something from a movie or a conversation that somebody, you have with somebody and it's like, I can write a song about that, you know? So it's, it's kind, of, uh, kind of what I do. But then um, the second album, we had a bunch of songs already written and I really didn't know the direction I wanted to go with it. I just knew that, you know, growing up, I listened to a lot of harder, like hard music. So well, I um, was a big like, 80s fan, you know, a lot, a lot of hair bands. So um, the uh, music is more of a heavier style that we're playing, a little mix of some country in there. Um, but the, the song Devils Need Jesus was more based off of i you know like i said like the social media um the influences that the we're being poisoning our minds and how 
the musicians and movie stars are being uh, conditioned in in this like elite society, and they want to control uh, people in the industry. And I just feel like there's more hate, more evil, and there needs to be more. People need to find more self worth and find more. Not say, like I'm not a big religious person, but a lot of my songs talk about God or they'll talk about uh, you know the devil because I always feel that everybody in the world always has both sitting on their shoulder. Some really don't know what direction to follow, you know. So I just feel that there's needs to be more positive stuff in this world and get rid of the evil. I just heard something or read something recently. It's funny you sent the song over that like the like the, literally the devil needs Jesus for the or Jesus needs the devil like to yeah. to coexist. And right. I forget I should have looked it up before we we did this but <clears throat> it was something along the lines of like there wouldn't be one without the other. Mm-hmm. You, if you imagine like if it was just Jesus and Jesus, <coughs> there was no there was no sin. There was no, um, uh, what do you call it? Like, you know, uh, a, a figure trying to, you know, want you to do bad things. Like, you know, Jesus would just be Jesus. Like, it would just be like a like all right, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. I, I forget exactly. I should look it up, but I didn't. Well, I mean, even like you know, there's times where like in. You know, be honest with me. Do you ever like sit there and something crosses your mind and you're like, wow, where did that come from? Oh, why am dude. I thinking that? Dude. Like, wh- why would I think that? All the time. All because the it's time. it's not who you are. You and you would never act on something like that. But you're like, why is that in my head? There's a thing. Because it was influenced by something. But it's, there's, there's, it's, it's called something. And I'm glad you actually said that because, I mean, it happens to me, unfortunately, at least once a week. Like a, a a word that I would never repeat out loud will come to mind, or <clears throat> just oh I wish blah blah blah, and, and it, it comes out in my head, and I'm like what the fuck where did that come from? Yeah, it's, it's yeah it's like, it, it's, it, it's absolutely mind blowing. Should I commit myself? Like what what's going on? <laughs> but that's where the one song devil in me came from because there's a devil inside of everybody. Yeah. Whether you want to believe it or not, I don't care how religious you are. There is always something evil. That's why I think a lot of people seek religion and seek an outlet to go say, go to church, but I'm not a church goer. Um, not about it. Um, I believe in what I believe in. I believe there's, you know, I believe in God, but I'm not going to go to some place that, Right. It has a lot of contradiction and people are there for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know, there's a thing and I, w- I would try and look it up now, but I'd probably just embarrass myself trying to, to do it. But there's a thing. It's like, a, it's called something. Um, when that, when that happens, it's like, a. I was at work and I, I said something to somebody. I'm like, you ever, you ever think about something and you don't really mean it, but it just pops in your head and they're like, Oh yeah, this, it's this. I'm like, oh, oh, shit, I know okay. exactly what it was, huh? But yeah, I'm like, oh, thank God. I was like, holy, I, I, I might need to, like, like, like I said, like, get committed and <laughs> so right. I'm like, in trouble. Like these, these are weird thoughts. Like, yeah. But I mean, I guess there's a, a good thing if I think everyone has these thoughts. 
is what mm-hmm. it comes down to. Um, the problem is some people act on them though. Well, that's, that's yes, of that's course. That's the real issue. Of course. And there's, there's people, yeah, you, you know, if you said, oh, this person is blah, blah, blah and you're like, well, what, what, the, what, what the hell is that? As opposed to someone who's like vehemently thinks that, that's, mm-hmm. that's a problem for sure. But I mean, your your music is, um, <clears throat> you said a, a rock country, like, and it's always like this, like, feel good anthem, and um, the one the one song, uh, what was it called? I forget already. Uh, you did a video for Redneck Nightclub. Oh yeah, yep. Um, it's just it's just fun. You said before too, it's like stuff that you can relate to, you know. Mm-hmm. And that video was. If I'm wrong, please correct me. But <clears throat> bonfire in the in the woods, yeah, you know, that's how we used to party back in the day. You know, that's would... that's exactly right. I wanted to try to re- recreate exactly how we used to like. You know, it it's funny because when you want to recreate it, it was such a project. But when you want to just go and do it, you just call up some buddies and they show up. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I wanted to try to reenact the you know how it was when we were when we were kids and, and having a good time. Um, but yeah, it was a blast, uh, shooting that we had a really good time doing it. Who did Uh, that one? Um, it was, uh, Chris Bolton and his wife, uh, um, they were further up in Scranton. They filmed it. You know, Jim Kindler at all? He went to school with us. Jim who? Jim Kindler. Uh, I don't know. He's, he's older, but he plays in a, in a bunch of bands and stuff too. He plays with Jason Stockage a lot too. Yeah, remember I'm I'm five years younger than you. That's a whole like that's a whole world, man. Whole generation. <laughs> that's, that's a whole high school class. Like, yeah. you know, nine through twelve. Yeah. That's a different different segment. Yeah, that's true. You're old fuck. Yep, <laughs> pushing it, man. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting uh, video to shoot. We had a good time. Yeah, that was cool. I think you did yeah, an so open I, casting call for that too, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we we plugged it all over uh, Facebook, and you know, with the help of a lot of uh, a lot of people, they they just spread the word, man. And everybody kind of just showed up there, all pulling in with all their trucks. I didn't even know who was going to be there, so it was pretty wild. Yeah, I wish I could have been there. I've, I've been fortunate enough to have been asked by several musicians to be in their videos. And um, I've only been able to make one. I mean, I made my uh, debut video for Don't Panic back in September. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I did some uh, some blow, which was yeah. actually flower. It's <laughs> actually the, it it's, that's the fan favorite scene of the the video. Great song, great great video all around. It was. Um, I, I love videos that have like, um, a, a theme or a kind of a, a thing. And it was like a, a weekend at Bernie's type of vibe. Yeah. That's cool. Was, yeah. It was, it was good. It was really, it was really well done. Uh, David Lang, who did the video was phenomenal. Uh, the guys in the band are very funny, uh, inherently. And, uh, a lot of people say that I made the video. So uh, I'll take it. There you go, man. That's awesome. Well, yeah. So it, it 
but what I'm saying is cool to, um, you know, do open casts for or open calls for the, the, the videos. And I implore people to take advantage of that because it's a lot of fun. It's a long day, but you meet yeah. great people, you meet great people along the way. And um, it's a little bit of a legacy. You know, you can, you know, that's a, something that will live far longer than all of us. Yeah, absolutely. So that's cool. It's cool. You got to do that. Yeah. I'll send the, uh, the link to that, but and hopefully I'll make the next one. If I'm invited. I'll just see, I'll just, I have to see what the the next video is. Huh? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you have these two new songs. <laughs> are they being released? Are, are they released? Um, are they being released? They're, not, what's the they're not released yet. Um, the thing is, is that I'm kind of just, uh, this this second album kind of took a, a, a turn, you know, and we uh, we were just uh, laying songs out. Really didn't have a direction, but like I said, then everything that I have, all these songs with like the devil and and Jesus and God related to it, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put all this stuff together because what we're going through in the world right now, everything, but he needs a little bit more kindness and love, and they need to find more self worth, and so everything that's evil and good is kind of coming from left and right so i'm going to put all these together and you know there's always a song there too about uh you know about there's a song that's going to be coming up and it's called red white and blue and it's about uh kind of like the navy in a sense this kid that's living at home goes in the navy and so i always have to throw something patriotic in there too because i just love our country of course um so yeah, these songs aren't released quite yet. Um, they will be soon, and I'd like to finish the album by next year and get it out. Okay. So. Okay. There's a question I wanted to ask you, but I forget what it was. Um, shit. Shit. I wanted you to finish before I interjected on you. <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! I hate that. It'll, it'll come that. to you after you're like, you'll be yeah. laying, we'll, laying there we'll, like two o'clock in the morning. You'll wake up and be like, we'll, that's what yeah, I wanted to ask. Yeah, them. we'll hang up and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to text them. Uh, damn it. It was a good question, too. It was, it was, uh, damn it. I don't know. Oh, uh, do you think maybe what you should do, too, um, maybe a song or two of this new record or maybe songs you're working on mm-hmm. maybe uh add in uh, a choir yeah I, I was thinking about doing that one of the songs there's a, cool. a song that i'm working yeah yeah i've always wanted to do that and i, I never got around to it because it really a certain song didn't fit the fit the mold to any of them so i i have this one song that i would thought about doing that with but that that it's a good good idea yeah i feel like all the songs that have included that type of, uh, you know, part of the song uh, has always been like this, this build up, and then the mm-hmm. choir kicks in. Yeah, and it just, it just, it that that makes like, that just kind of like makes it. What was that uh... devil and Jesus thing too? Yeah, yeah. What what was that one? It was. Uh, it reminds me of like a poison song. What was that one song that they they had? I mean, all those eighties bands did did weird shit. I'm trying to remember because uh, that, that's sure. see, that's where I, I relate a lot of my music to that stuff back then. <laughs> I'm sure U two has done it. I'm, I'm thinking U two has probably 
done, stuff like stand. that. It was stand. Stand for what you believe, I think it was. By you who? Stand. Poison. Poison? Okay. Yeah. Stand. And there was a choir, there was a choir at the end of it. It's pretty well. This thing is a cool, a cool vibe, you know? Yeah, it definitely is. A good little added bonus to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm kind of sad that like you have these two songs that I've only heard. No one else has heard of them, just me. I I sent them over to uh shush, Alan Stout. Shush. Them. <laughs> it was a joke. It was a joke. I'm here, you're the only person. <laughs> I've only heard I'm the only person that was a joke. There, there was one song that you played on when you had your radio show. It was uh, uh Clear as Day. And you're like, wow, this is probably one of the best songs you've written. Oh, cool. Yeah, you really like that one. So that was good good input. I appreciate that because I always I, I never know if anybody likes any of this stuff, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things is like like it's it's hard to I mean, music is, itself is so subjective, right? Like mm-hmm. I mean, people hear it, they and they could like love a song one day because it, it touched them in a way like they were in this certain mood. Like maybe, maybe depending on what the song was, like life was great, everything's happy, like this is this is the best song ever. And then, you know, the next day they're just like down and out, like life's shit, blah, blah, blah. And the song doesn't really resonate with them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's so <clears throat> I think we can tie this all together and then wrap things up. It's I think that's you know, we, we the life we live in general is so subjective in that our communication is so how do I say this? It's done so much outside of even you and I. Like, I mean, like we're talking, but we're not face to face. Like, I can always say, like, I hope that one day I have a, a studio where you know you and I would be across the table, and I could see you, I could, I can hear you, um, I could vibe off of you better than you know there's a short delay on uh, on a computer screen, but. What I'm getting at is everything's like it's text, it's some kind of media, it's you know whether that's music or whatever it might be. Like there's these so so many different things about the life that we live in, and it's so subjective. And you know, let's say you get a text from your girlfriend or fiance or whoever it might be, you could read that text at a certain point of the day. Maybe it's the morning, but maybe you had a bad morning and you read this text and it says like, um, we need, we need milk. And maybe she's just sending that to remind you, but you're in a bad morning and you read that as like, Oh, she's nagging me. It's just an adding another thing to my list of things I got to do today. Mm. Fuck her. What I'm saying is, is we, we, we see words on screens, emails, Facebook, Instagram, text messages, and we can read them differently at different times in the day, in different emotions that we have during the day. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a huge problem in how we communicate. Yeah, it is because you, you. I mean, I've done that. My daughter had messaged me a couple right. of times, and she's like, she would text me something, and I would say, "Okay, well, I guess she can't come tonight." Well because she was busy doing something else. Well, that's not what she meant. 
And so like, I'll forget to pick her up. <laughs> and she's like, are you coming to get me? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I thought you weren't coming. And she said, no, read your text message. So I read it again. I'm like, oh my God, I skipped over that one word. Yeah. And it's because I think we're just preoccupied with so much that we're not, we're losing focus on what the important things are. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. just, it's, it's, <clears throat> if she was in front of you, that would be a different conversation. Mm-hmm. A, a, yeah. 110% different conversation. But because it's between, it's, it's, it's just words on a screen. You can't, mm-hmm. you, you don't know cadence. You don't know tone, nothing. You, and it's just like, you read it how you want to read it in that moment. Yeah. And it's such a poor fucking way to communicate. Yeah. I mean, well, it is because I mean, just, just like it, you don't understand what the emotion is behind it. No. So you read it however you want to read it. Although sometimes you get defensive and they're like, what are you talking about? That's not what I meant. And I'm like, exactly. well, that's how you said it. No, I didn't say it like that. And then it becomes an argument. Well, it's just yeah. because. And it gets worse. It just gets worse. Yeah. It just, it just snowballs. And I hate it. I hate, I hate. I mean, I love the fact that we're doing this. Love it more if we were face to face because I think there's no better way to have a conversation than face to face. Um, but so much of our lives right now, like we don't want to be on the phone. I mean, I hate the phone. I don't want to talk mm-hmm. on the phone. I don't want to hold the phone up my ear and have that awkward like is this conversation over type thing, like blah blah. blah. But <clears throat> we need to get more of that, I think. Yeah. And I think I mean, we can we can wrap it up at all like Think about the communication you have with customers. You know, if it's over the phone, you're 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 taking the time to effectively communicate. If it's face to face, you're doing a better job because it's face to face. Um, you know, strength of a weakness, communication, being open, being honest, being all those things, and having that platform be a, a positive place. And of course, your music. You know, just being a a transparent um there's no kind of hidden things in that it's it's this is the music this is the lyrics this is uh what i want to sing and talk about yeah absolutely it's, it, and again it's it's an outlet for me to you know display thoughts you know that i that i have in my mind because <clears throat> works consuming our life and children are consuming your life so it's not always you get that opportunity to create and share personal stuff you know yeah. and to tell a story you know essentially right well that's all i really have for you i mean it's man right i appreciate it it's been great man my talking. computer's gonna die um <laughs> I think it's, I'm gonna die. It's late. It's late on a Wednesday <laughs> dude, evening. Dude, I'm old. I I can't stay up past. I'm not 10 far behind you, dude. I'm not. You know like, what I'm saying? My daughter's getting tubes on Friday because she's had like a seventh oh, no. ear infection. Yeah, it's it's been. Oh God, bless her. It's been a a challenging uh, again. You know, and it's thing like that. It's like you know, as a husband and wife, you're just drained, and you say things or you text things. You don't mean them the way. You, they come off, but you read them because like you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you being such a bitch or why are you being such a dick? Whatever it might be. And uh yeah, I mean there's these things in our lives. If if we just communicated you know face to face more often, um, we'd be in a better spot. But I mean it's it's easier to 
communicate via text and uh it's not a not a great part but it's convenience yeah you know dude i'm so happy we got to do this i mean yeah i appreciate it i've known you like i said since addiction clothing company back in oh six maybe oh seven that was 2010 10 jesus christ yeah okay what whatever you have this entrepreneurial spirit for as long as I've known you. So it's cool that you uh, continue to you know, have this successful class business. Um, <clears throat> you have this this platform where you're trying to be positive and help people along the way because we all we all need that. And then obviously the, the music is a, a great part of all of it. So you know, thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for uh, being a positive influence on the world around you. Yeah. And uh, thanks for being a friend, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate you, you know, inviting me on. This it was been a great time. Absolutely. Well, hopefully, uh, I will uh, see you in person. Yeah, well, so I'll, I, I'll drop in here and there. You know, yeah. I'm not far well, away. Say, yeah, just just ask me. Just ask me. I'm not in the same spot. Just ask me. We'll right. we'll, we'll we'll shake hands. We'll give a hug, and we'll uh, we'll shoot the shit. Yeah, absolutely, man. Buddy. Thank you so much, Have a good Adam, night. Nolten, Get some Adam sleep. Nolten. Adam Nolton, check out his on, on Spotify. Check out the the uh, pages on social media. Strength overcomes weakness. weakness. Yep. And then obviously for all your glass needs, any uh, windshield, uh, Northeast Auto Glass. Northeast Auto Glass. Yeah. He's the guy. He'll, he'll take care of you. He'll he'll walk you through the process. You got it. Dude, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. Bye.